0: So this morning, uh, as as I think about preaching, I just want to confess to you uh, that sometimes I, I don't want to preach, and especially this message, sometimes I, I feel like dancing around some of these topics of marriage. Uh, but I want you to know that um, I want you to hear from God this morning. I want you to hear God's message for you, not Kevin's message not anything else and I think that we all come to God's word with a heart of a coward much of the time Uh, one who's trying to justify and to make things say something that they don't really say uh, and try to make our our lives the exclusion Uh, yeah this is true for everyone else but I've got a different situation and this morning I just want to confess to you Uh, That I'm a weak preacher, and I hope that uh, above all that you hear from God this morning. The book of Proverbs, uh, as we get back into it, I want you to remember that this is uh, from a father, our heavenly father, uh, to a father, Solomon, and he's uh, giving this to his son. And and I think that I picture him sitting down with him, and he probably didn't sit down. It was over time and letters and obviously written down. But I, I know that as parents, we have a million things we want to tell our kids. Uh, and that's a great conversation. If you ever want to sit down with your son or daughter and say, uh, there's a million things I want to talk to you about right now. Number one, uh, and then just start plowing through them and realize that, Uh, they're going to be tuned out at about 5, maybe, and maybe 1.5, I don't know. Um, This is Solomon's, inspired by God, his message to his son. And he, I I don't think he's screaming, but with much passion he says, I want you to know this. I want you to know this. This morning, um, as we look at marriage, these are the things... That he wanted his son to know about marriage. And it's inspired by God. Um, So we we look at it this morning for our own lives as well. This is Solomon. And I know that's kind of weird. For those of you who know who Solomon was. um, You're going to hear this and you're going to say. He was uh, the ladies man of the Bible. I'll just say it that way. He was the ladies man of the Bible. He had multiple wives, girlfriends on the side. He was the... You can say that he was the grand failure when it came to marriage, not the grand success. And so um, if you've ever been uh, a young man or a young woman before, uh, you know that when your parents tell you something and you've grown a brain and you're aware of your surroundings and they tell you something that's different than they're doing or have done, You kind of, the hypocrisy alert goes up, right? You go, aha, you're telling me one thing, but you've done something else. And sometimes we think it's a cop-out for as a parent to say, uh, do like I say, not as I have done or not as I do. I want to tell you parents, um, I want to embolden you right now. I want to embolden you right now to teach from your mistakes. To not allow the word of God to be compromised in your home. To say, uh, yeah, um, God's word says this, but I did this, so I can't expect you to do anything different. So why don't you just do what and hope for the best. Um, that's where the grace of God comes into your home. And, and really, when I say the grace of God, that's where Jesus needs to have his place in your home. Have his place in everything that you talk about, everything that you do in your parenting, I know we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks to come. But I want you to see that you need that that Jesus to cover you, cover you, in your foolish sins and unwise choices that you've made in the past, and even to get out of those right now. Okay, uh, so so that's what I would say. And Solomon. Uh, was the grand example of that, that he described to his son as he sat him down, as he downloaded to him the information that he was going to need regarding marriage. It was different uh, than he had lived. Um, I think it's important uh, for us to remember that this is what God says. This is what God says. Uh, you will... You will find many different books about marriage and how to have a happy marriage. Um, it's funny, I have a friend who uh, I grew up with and we went to the same high school and she is a psychologist. I don't believe she's she knows the Lord, but she's writing books and blogs and does seminars about marriage. There's plenty of people who you can get their advice, but in, in the midst of that, this is what God says. And we want him to have the authoritative voice and our listening ear uh, when it comes to what he has to say about marriage. Um, I told you to go over to chapter 12, uh, but let's look at chapter 1 first because I think that uh, I want to remind you of this as we begin this topic. We've talked about this before. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, The fear of the Lord... Is the beginning of knowledge? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. When it comes to all things, there's the in the book of Proverbs we realize that this is not apart from a relationship with God, but it is on the basis of our relationship with God that we have a right, fearful and good and close and intimate and. Uh, glorifying relationship with God and then out of that we go look at every uh, everything else in our life Um, it's the beginning place for us to have anything and when it comes to marriage obviously uh, to have a relationship with God uh, is the beginning place where we go to marriage I don't need to tell you that marriage has fallen on hard times fallen on hard times. We could stand and give testimony in our own families, in our own lives, in our community, uh, in our our state and country today that marriage has fallen on hard times. And it's so hard to even talk about marriage sometimes because what is called marriage today is different than what we see in the scriptures. And so this morning I I used that as a starting point that I realized That many of us have different pictures um, because marriage has fallen on hard times. And lastly, I want to say this in my intro is just, I want to say something politically, okay? Politically. Are you excited? Uh, I know that many of us uh, are involved in politics and we kind of can see where our culture is going and uh, we see that different things need to happen and they need to happen now. There's propositions, Prop 8 in our past, and uh, uh, there will be others that we could vote on, and there will be different court cases. And I want to tell you the most uh, powerful thing that you can do politically, okay, to change our world today, and it's have a good marriage. (laughs) It's have a good marriage. That's the most powerful thing that you can do. And I'll tell you why. Because to change, to really bring about change in our world today, it's the change of a heart and a life. And most of where our culture is going comes like this. Um, kids, when they grow up, they, they're real simple. They, uh, When they're, they're real small, they just look to their mom and their dad. They just look to them. They, it's the safe place. It's the person they're with the most. And they look to them and they kind of... That's where they get it all. As they grow to become more self-aware, uh, they they start going, oh, there's my dad. There's my dad, and I'm a man, so I'm going to be like my dad. I'm going to be like my dad. That's the default position, okay? Uh, that's the natural course of life. Uh, girls like their mom, there's a sense of growing up like that. Once they get to the place when they are uh, beginning to think on their own, they... They, it's real simple the way they do this. They will look at marriage, they will look at marriage, and they will get a picture of what marriage is from their parents. And they will decide, it will be the most powerful influence on them, what they see in their mom and their dad. What they see in their grandparents. What they see in the peers of their parents and grandparents. If they have a great picture it will be naturally attractive to them to follow in their footsteps. Okay? And that's powerful. That's powerful uh, for you um, to think through uh, what you can do in our world today. I think sometimes we get too wound up politically thinking that that's going to save the world. And it's not. Uh, What's going to save the world is that we walk by faith with Him. Back to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. Did I say 11? Verse 4. I'm sorry. This is what God talks about marriage. Uh, I have five points for you this morning. The first one is this. Um, If you look down at chapter 12, verse 4, it says this. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who brings shame is like rottenness to his bones. I was thinking about this. And... um, that first part there, it reminds me of a greeting card, like an a anniversary card, right? Put this, you know, you can maybe customize this, okay? And the cover, it says this, it says, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. You know, you get that picture, this beauty and all this. And then you open it up, and then you open it up, and it finishes the verse. But she who brings shame is like rottenness to his bones, Youch, Right. Uh, that's amazing, isn't it? Because and what, what does that tell us? There's a crown. Eddie did a card for me in the first service. You can look at it later. Uh, there's a sense of beauty that comes to a marriage through a spouse, a, a wife that that is a blessing to him. And I want to tell you that as the, that there is this great advantage, there's this great blessing and wealth that comes to a marriage. Uh, the same is true on the negative side. It's rottenness to his bones is one who, who isn't that. And, and you look at that and you say, well, what does that tell us about marriage? Uh, marriage impacts everything, right? I think that uh, so often we look at marriage as just a piece of the puzzle. Instead of beyond our relationship with the Lord, it's the most significant decision we can make. And I want to tell you, especially we have a a lot of you who are single here, or young, and uh, you're going through. Some of you are saying, "I'm single, man. I'm in middle school. You know, uh, uh, that's good to be single in middle school." Okay, Uh, you don't want to be married in middle school. Okay, it's good. Uh, um, But. But you get this picture that it's just part of growing up, that, that oh, it's no big deal. You know, I kind of like her. She kind of likes me. You know, we'll, we'll go get married and everything will be fine. No, it matters who you marry. It matters. It's a significant decision. The Probably the the second most significant decision beyond you coming to know the Lord. Okay? And that impacts who you spend life with. It impacts you either for blessing or for making your life difficult. Uh, this, some of you are going, well, a little late, you know. I'm already married. I've already been down that road. This is not primarily for you. This is for you to download to that next generation. You know, if you don't have a son or a daughter here today, grab one in the hallway and tell them, Okay. Just tell him, push him up against the wall, and say, "I need some." It is important who you marry. Say it like that, okay? Push him up against the wall if you have to. If it's one of my kids, you have permission. I'll sign a sheet or whatever. Um, marriage impacts everything. It's super important for us to remember. Um, I think when I think about this, I think of a young man. A uh, father trying to tell his young man. But this could be true for a daughter as well, right? Uh, this isn't a, a book from a father to a daughter, but it would sound similar if he was writing this to his daughter. It matters who you marry. It matters. It could be the greatest asset for you, but it could also be a, the greatest burden you ever carry because of who they are. Second point. Uh, turn over to... Proverbs chapter 31. Very similar uh, type idea here. Find this out about a wife. It says this, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. Than jewels. um, I don't know if women, if you know this, some of you women are like this too, but men are greedy. Dollar signs mean something to us, okay? We struggle with that. We, we, we like the idea of having money. We like to have it in our pocket, in our account. We like the power it gives us. We like to have money. And so that, that's an important thing to us, maybe too important. But what does he say? He says, let me tell you about a wife. Let me tell you about marriage. Far greater than jewels, she is far greater than jewels. that great wife she is far greater than any wealth that you can have. He puts it into perspective for his son he says let me let me explain this to you, son uh, this is you may not see it as important as it truly is, and we we do this by many different things you say uh you know." I'm married. Yeah, she's a great wife and everything, but I got other things going on. I got a career. I I got I, I got things that I need to accomplish, and I have friends to I have hobbies that I do. And and the picture here is this that he's telling his son marriage is a treasure. Marriage is a treasure. And if you understand the value of something, you protect it. You, you value it. You talk about it. You stare at it. You uh, protect it in a way that it won't be defiled long term. You, 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 you make sure that it's safe all the time. And he says, that's your wife. She's worth more than the jewels. You ever gone to a, a great uh, jeweler? There's a sense of awesomeness to that, right? Right? they got thick windows, they have alarms, they have plated glass, they have security cards. Why? Because it's valuable. And, and there's a danger for a young man or a young woman to look upon their spouse and to say, Eh, yeah, they're just my husband, eh, yeah, they're just my wife. Eh, yeah, it's no big deal. And he says, no, I want you to get it. So marriage influences everything. It impacts everything. It's the course. But it's also something to be treasured, to be treasured. Um, because of marriage falling on hard times, there's a sense in which we look at marriage in our culture today as life is fun it's exciting and and everything's kind of happening and you're living life and these are the greatest days of your life and when they are over it's time to get married no no um hey i want to tell you uh young people here today do not rush into marriage do not rush into marriage don't just have this attitude. I just want to get married, so I'll grab somebody and we'll get married. Don't do that. But at the same time, but at the same time, it is not something repulsive. It's something good. And and when God provides for you, I'm getting ahead of myself. Provides for you a treasure. I'm excited to take it upon yourself and to be be uh, in a married relationship with someone of God's own provision. marriage is to be treasured. Well, I kind of got ahead of myself preaching there. Proverbs 18. Please turn there. Verse 22. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22 says this. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. hear, Hear that there, favor from the Lord. That you have obtained favor, that God has blessed you. And it's come from a source, it's Him. If you want to look down at verse 14 of chapter 19, maybe the next page over for you, 19 verse 14. It says this, House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord from the lord you see this is the this is a tough part about this whole marriage thing is that it is something that many people do without the lord but to have a good marriage is to have that sweet relationship it is from the lord it is from the lord it's a gift of his it can't be found someplace else it's something that I know we've got a, a good, hardworking group of people here. And, and you say, well, I can do anything. I can make anything happen. But a good marriage, a great marriage, a blessing of a marriage is from the Lord. It's a gift. It's a gift. Marriage is tough. We live in a sinful world. You, you both are sinful people. You come together and you live in a home where there's two sinners fighting for supremacy. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And so for that to be good, it must come from the Lord. Come from the Lord. That was number three. Marriage is a gift of God. Number four. Uh, Turn over to Proverbs 21, please. Some say the scripture is hard to understand and impractical. Verse 9. It is better to live in a corner of, of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Everybody get that? Everybody get that? Uh, I just picture that father to a son, right? Son, I, I need to tell you this. It's really important. And why does he have to tell his son that? Why? Why? Because most of the time, a young man is just looking on the outside. He, he says, well, she, she's pretty, I guess. You know, everything seems, up, right? She's fun, you know. For the most part, we have a good time together. You know, I, I it comes from, you know, family's got a lot of toys. they got a cabin up on the lake. You know, things are looking up. This is this is a good thing for me. He says, son, I want to tell you something super important. It would be better for you to live... Uh, on the house outside, exposed to the elements, than to live with a quarrelsome wife—that wife that's fighting with you all the time. It's disagreeable. It's hard to live with. I think that's um, one of those things that some people struggle with the inspiration because if you flip over a few pages, you don't have to uh, to Proverbs twenty-five twenty-four. You don't have to. Really, you don't. I'll tell you why, because it says the same thing in verse twenty-five. Chapter 25, verse 24. It says, It's better to live in the corner of a housetop than to live in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. You say, well, why does he say it over again? Does that mean it's not inspired? No, it bears repeating. It bears repeating. Uh, It's bad, son. You know, be, be careful. Your marriage, who you marry, it matters. And I want to even say it like this. The little things matter. The little things matter. Proverbs also says this, uh, chapter 27, verse 15. It says this, "A, A continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. You get that? Continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. You can uh, flip over to a chapter back. We were already there. Chapter 19, verse 13 says this. A foolish son uh, is a ruin to his father and a wife's quarrels, quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. Okay? So what's the point? What's the point? It's a real simple point. Marriage is meant to be a relational blessing, a relational blessing. You're meant to enjoy one another. You're not meant to fight with one another. And so as he's looking at his son, his son goes, "Man, she's pretty, Dad. Like, you know, it's cool. She's, you know, she's she's got all these things going for her." Um She's kind of a pain sometimes and she always is argumentative, always wants her own way. She's selfish and a little bit proud. But other than that, other than that, you know, those are just the small things that she's pretty, you know, she has got a lot of money. She's, you know, she likes the same things I like and, you know, we're so compatible except for that one little thing, little thing. It's not little. It's not little son. It's big. It's huge. In fact, uh, Son, it's kind of like uh, the water torture thing, you know? You're sitting there, and it's killing you. It's, it's just drips, and, and you can't wait for it to stop, and it just keeps dripping. Son, you've got to get it. it it's, like, it's like death by paper cut, you know? It, it's real small. It seems real small, but over and over again. It's big. It's big. Uh, we are prone to overlook... Uh, character. Isn't that weird? We're prone to overlook character. We're prone to overlook uh, the fact that someone is not kind, someone is not merciful, uh, someone is not easy to be with. Um, The point, I guess, is this. To, To be married, son, to be married to a selfish and prideful person will be awful for you be awful for you you say well um this morning uh kevin you're a bit late on this i've been married for a while um and you may feel that way you may feel that way uh what what's the what there's there's two things i want to tell you for those of us who have already been married two things i want to tell you first of all is this these are meant to be impressed upon our children They'll be impressed upon them. There's something that we need to download to them. We need to make, be active with this. I think some of us are passive parents. We go, eh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, they'll be fine. It's just a phase they're growing out of. No, it's not a phase they're growing out of. It's a, it's a train track they're on, okay? And we need to derail that thing, okay? We need to put it on a different track. It's very important we do so. And so for us to talk about these things with our kids and the next generations, our kids and grandkids, super important to do. It's the first application. The second application is this, where you're at right now. When you, when you think about this, you think about it like this. Uh, someone who's arguing and quarreling, uh, just being a jerk, hard to be around. It's bad to be married to them. It's tough to be married to them. You want to be, you want to be a person that is easy to be married to, easy to be married to, a blessing to your spouse. You want to be that person that that makes marriage easy. The idea of quarreling, you know, there's uh, a sense in which there's thousands upon thousands of things every day you could argue about, isn't there? There are, you know. Uh, you wake up in the morning. Who gets the first shower? You know, who makes the breakfast? What are we having for breakfast? Who makes the coffee? What, do we have cream or don't we have cream? Who drives this car? Who, who drives that car? Who washes the car? Who gets gas in the car? Who, how do we spend money? You know, how does that work? I, I mean, there's tons of things to argue about. There's, there's a myriad of things that we can argue about. And sometimes in our selfishness and pride, we forget that it doesn't matter. And we forget that God has brought us together in marriage. That we would not be getting our own selfish way. That Because I like it. I get it. But he's brought us in marriage to be partners. That it's supposed to be better to be together. And when we let our selfishness and pride come into our marriage, guess what? It's not easy to be married to us. And we make marriage difficult. And I want to tell you, marriage was meant to be a relational blessing. It was meant to be a relational blessing. Let's make it easy to be married to one another. What he says to uh, his son, he says, uh, be careful. If, if You know, it's that thing, right? Right? Um, Hey, I see this before we get married. I'm sure, you know, once we put on the dress, get the tuxedo, get all fancy and everything, have, have, a, have a wedding ceremony, I'm sure it's going to change like that right after. You know, I know they're super annoying to be with and they argue about everything and they're selfishness and proud. But I know once we get married, they'll just change. That doesn't happen, son or daughter. It doesn't happen. I've heard um, it said something about a wife, a happy life, but I, I think what, uh, what um, Solomon was telling his son is uh, real simple. He says, bad wife, awful life. He's telling him these, things may, these are very important decisions to make, son. Make them wisely. Number five. Uh, Turn over to Proverbs chapter five. Last thing I want to share with you this morning, and I think that um, out of all the things that I've talked about, this is the one um, that is most confusing for us today in our culture today. Um, That marriage, uh, the, the relationship of marriage is to be physically fulfilling. Physically fulfilling. If you look down at chapter 5, I want to start reading at verse um, 15. He says this, Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your streams, springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yours, yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice at the wife of your youth. A lovely dear, a graceful doe, let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? We look at this and our culture says it doesn't matter, you know. It's like shaking hands and you're in relationship, you're out of relationship, you're physically involved, you're, you're uh, sleeping around and doing whatever. And, and they say, you know, it's okay, you do that. And then once you find the one that's perfect for you, then you, you're in marriage. And then you get in marriage and you say, well, you know, it's just not exciting anymore. So I start clicking around on in the Internet or, or we start looking around at other people we work with or whatever. And, and the scripture says this. He says to his son, I want you to get this. Two things. Marriage is to be, as you get married, you are physically fulfilled in your, in your marriage partner, your spouse, your wife your husband that's that's it and secondly it's exclusive it's not or whatever else after this i look at solomon and i go solomon was going son i messed up i haven't done this his his call to his son is is an admission that what he has done has been wrong we have given up we have given up this picture to our future generations when we start saying, well, you know, I I made a few mistakes and uh, culture's worse today, so they'll just make a bunch of mistakes too, and we'll just kind of fumble. No, no. To download this to our children to say, look, this is the way it is. No, abstain. No, I won't be involved. No, I put the brakes on. No, I keep myself pure. The day of marriage, and then in purity, impurity, in physically fulfilled in marriage. So the scripture says that that is for marriage alone. It is not something to be tried, to be practiced, to be investigated prior to marriage. It's not. It's not. Many of us have the scars of not listening to the wisdom of God wants you to the guilt of the past is uh i I want to tell you the guilt of the past is unfruitful for the next generations if you wallow in it and and fail to see that covered in the blood of jesus and then because of you being unwilling to do that you change the message for the future generations and say uh Uh, if you can make it, it's great. But if you can't, no big deal. No big deal. I didn't do it either, and we're fine. This is not what the Scripture teaches. And because I say that this is not what the Scriptures teaches, this is not what God says. This is not what God says. The one who loves you more than anything. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants your best. He says there's a better way. Um so, where does this leave us this morning? Uh, I want you to I want to remind you that Jesus needs to be in your home in your home if you you have uh, messed up and uh, sinned in your marriage, your choices, and continued on, Jesus needs to be in your home, covering you, covering you. Give me the grace for today that he can cover every one of your sins. You say, well, you know i 've made a pattern of being. Uh, someone who's not easy to live with, Jesus needs to be in your home, causing you to affect change in you, helping you to do that. Um, if you're struggling today in your marriage, I want to remind you that we, as a church, uh, want to walk with you. Uh, we're always willing to talk to you about your marriage, encourage you, pray for you, um, to cheer you on. But I want to ask you a question this morning. Will you fight for your marriage? Will you fight for your marriage? Not will you fight in your marriage, but will you fight for your marriage? OK? Well, I realize, I realize the world we live in, um, doesn't care about marriage at all. In fact, there's an agenda of, of our enemy to divide your marriage, to ruin your marriage. And I want to ask you, will you fight for your marriage? Will you walk with the Lord? Will you listen to His message? Will you get His picture of marriage and say, this is the ideal? Will you push off those other pictures of your peers and celebrities and people you don't even know that will somehow be more exciting? Will you push those off and exclusively look to the Lord for His blessing on your marriage? It's critical for us critical for our church, it's critical for our community, it's critical for those um, generations that come after us to see it. Let me pray for us and ask that God would give us his strength and grace to, um, to have great marriages that can be looked to. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. I ask that you would um, heal the hearts of those of us who struggle here today with our marriage. God, I, I know there are others uh, whose marriages failed and struggle with the past of that. May they, uh, in their own hearts, move on and look to those next generations and say, how can I, how can I impress upon them the beautiful picture of marriage? God, I ask that you would bless the marriages that are represented here this morning. I ask that you would give us humility, humility, which would replace the selfishness and pride that causes us to be quarrelsome. God, I ask that you would cause us to be easy to live with one another and a blessing, a relational blessing uh, to our spouse. God, thank you for this morning. ask your blessing on your church. In Jesus' name, amen.